the free for all roundtable round two on round two, we say good morning to Sanira Chaudhry, employment lawyer at Workley Law. Robert Benzi is the Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. Richard Krause, host of the podcast Last Call with Richard Krause. Okay, lots of topics to dig into. Um, let's actually start with a bit of a different one. That would be uh, Kerry Price, goalie for the Montreal Canadiens, currently on leave, who decided to weigh in on the gun debate. And when somebody pointed out that his timing might not have been great because today is the anniversary of the university of Montreal massacre. He confessed he had never heard of it. Uh, Richard Krauss, at the risk of us all turning into a bunch of men on park benches saying, <laughs> kids today. Yeah. Um, but still, I, 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 I would like to think that especially if you are going to advocate for guns, that you're aware of something like the University of Montreal massacre. Yeah, and particularly if you're playing for Montreal. Uh, this mm. is not something that is hidden from view. There are uh, tributes every year. There are uh, you know, moments of silence that are that are observed. Uh, this isn't hard to know about, and uh, that he doesn't is just a a glaring, you know, hole in his knowledge. What I hope, though, from that he takes away from this is that he's got some learning to do, and he'll think twice before uh, just you know jumping the gun and firing something off on social media, as a lot of people do. I'm sure you've done it, I've done it, um, but you know, this is a great example and a great lesson to think and learn before you tweet. Sinera, I guess we have to appreciate that he probably from about the age of eight was living in a giant bubble. So maybe he can be forgiven for not knowing this kind of history. Yeah, you know, John, I want to be really careful to exactly what you were saying earlier, to judge what he may or may not have known. And I think his tweet and or his Instagram photo over the weekend, of course, it's going to be polarizing. He's in camo gear holding... Um, a rifle that's going to be polarizing. So I'm not surprised here that the Habs felt like they had to issue an apology that he was held to account. Um, It's unfortunate that he doesn't have this knowledge, especially because he is a Canadian icon. He's a Canadian hero. Not knowing this part of Canadian history is unfortunate, but I don't, I think we have to be very careful to have this sort of stain his uh, sort of reputation as a, a, a massive, you know, Canadian icon and hockey player because he, you know, he stands for, I think, uh, many wonderful things. And this is just a mistake. Yeah, no, Robert Benzie, I don't want to send him to the woodshed necessarily for this. I happen to be a huge Carey Price and Montreal Canadiens fan. But still, I'm just, I guess I'm surprised these days at finding out about the things that younger people don't know. Yeah, I agree with Sanera. I don't, I mean, I, I mean, because he has done a lot of good things for charity. He's an, a, a, a a, uh, an icon to indigenous kids because he of course is, has indigenous heritage so he's uh, and done a lot for for canada and in, in other ways i actually was surprised though that he didn't know about the about the montreal massacre because i mean it's, it, it, what did he think all the white ribbons that people are wearing on december 6th symbolized i mean this is a huge a huge thing now i was going to grad school in montreal on december 6 1989 so like scott reed was saying earlier it is seared in in my memory as a as a as something that happened in my own life in terms of a, a lived experience of just being close to it and I, I i'm i was actually stunned that anyone in canada let alone someone who's lived in montreal for 14 years as mr price has wouldn't know about about this it's a it's a it's a very somber anniversary in this country something we remember every year there'll be a moment of silence at, at the legislature this morning at queen's park as there has been every year for the last 32 years since the first anniversary 
It would seem there are more of these secret Chinese police stations in Canada than we had thought. Uh, Chris Lewis, former commissioner of the OPP, was with us this morning to shed some perspective on this issue. I just come back from two weeks at uh, the uh, Joint Warfare Centre for NATO in uh, Stavanger, Norway, where I sat over coffee with the folks I was working with, all senior military past and present from around the world, and everybody was talking about this. And this is this this is catching the attention of a lot of people because China is a hu- humongous threat to global security. According to experts that know a heck of a lot more about this stuff than me, uh, not just their military might, but they're constantly trying to control technology, get control of intellectual property, and, and on and on and on, violating human rights and other things. And, and to see this happening right in the GTA or anywhere in uh, North America is frightening. Uh, Robert Benzie, let me start with you, because you're old enough to remember Igor Gazenko wearing a bag on his head. Um, <laughs> not quite, but yeah. <laughs> not to say that this isn't incredibly disturbing, yeah. but there's nothing new under the sun. Foreign governments that are controlling of their own people and who are, you know, have an interest in spying on other countries are usually going to set up satellites abroad. Exactly, especially dictatorships. And remember, Gazenko was the one who exposed the Russian spies in, in Canada after the Second World War, a huge uh, spy ring that he, he cracked by, by defecting uh, and lived in great peril in this country for years and years until he died in the 70s, I believe. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a frightening thing. Uh, and we know that China has, has already been accused of meddling in the 2019 federal election. Uh, so there are, this is clearly something, and I think that, that the prime minister talked about this when they, when they launched their, uh, their new Indo-Pacific uh, strategy that we have to, to to check on China. I mean, this is this is crazy that the, that these are this is a hostile actor in our own backyard. Sunir, how worried should we be, and is the federal government showing enough of an interest? I well, to your first question, John, I think uh, I absolutely agree with Benzi. This is something that. Um, we need to be really alarmed about. And in particular, because when uh, questions were asked about why these quote-unquote Chinese police stations were being set up in different countries, including Canada, the response was, it it was absolutely beyond belief. It was to set up or help set up um, driver's licenses for uh, Chinese nationals. I mean, mean, something that is absolutely beyond belief and something that we can't... um, obviously take to the bank. We know that in the U.S., we know that the Department of Justice there has actually accused, I think, seven individuals of uh, of harassment. I think the criminal harassment route is, is something that Canada should be looking into as well. There's no way that we can allow these uh, Chinese police stations to just continue to operate without any criminal consequences. And Richard Krauss, I guess some of this gives me a degree of comfort about Canada's new policy toward China, which is that we're kind of done with China and we're trying to pivot to something else. Yeah, lots of other countries uh, have uh, laws and have in recent years passed laws uh, to fight against this kind of thing. Uh, and I think that we've got one that's brewing right now. They're talking about it. I think it's time to you know move beyond the talking stage and actually get something done uh, you know, this idea that you can be, you know, punished for guilt by association in this country uh, by, you know, illegal Chinese police is outrageous. 
Uh, Major General Danny Fortin, who at one point was the much celebrated guy cheerleading or actually leading the charge for vaccines in Canada, ended up being sidelined by allegations of uh, sexual assault dating back to his time in university. Yesterday, he was acquitted. Uh, Sanira, I don't know if your employment law, you've ended up uh, fighting cases like this, but you know what? It doesn't matter that he got acquitted. He's going to have this stain for the rest of his life. Yeah, that's right, John. And and I think that um, evidence is evidence, right? And and when we when we look at the evidence here, this is relating to an allegation that was raised last year after um, the major general was uh, brought in to roll out the vaccine uh, program in this country. But it dated back, um, you know, three decades. And I think the the issue there, of course, is that there was no evidence that could help the judge find a corroboration here because where uh, the, um, the 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 alleged victim said that she had told her then boyfriend about the, um, the alleged sexual assault back in uh, the 80s well w- at, at trial um, that evidence wasn't corroborated at all yeah, in he fact, said he that, couldn't remember that, it. yeah that, exactly and I think that was really sort of the nail in the coffin for a case like this Okay, Robert Benzi, there are some troubling aspects to, I guess, as we call them, these historical allegations. I always argue, you know, generally there's a pattern of behavior, and then a whole bunch of other people come out and say, yeah, he's been, he did that to me as well. And in this case, what the judge ended up ruling was saying um, to the victim, I believe what you say happened, I just don't have any evidence that it was the defendant. Yeah, I mean, this is a really troubling case because, remember, the judge belie- believed that the that the woman was sexually assaulted, but couldn't say beyond a reasonable doubt that it was it was the major general who had done this allegedly in 1988. And the fact that her um, her former boyfriend couldn't remember her saying that to him, and I don't know. I mean, I that's the kind of conversation you would remember. I I would think so. If that's the, if that's what the uh, what was she was hanging her case on uh, to to bolster her case, it's, it's not really great that he couldn't remember that. It's the kind of conversation one would think you wouldn't forget earlier on the show today we were talking with an ndp mpp his private members bill would make it would put in a few uh, guardrails i guess when it comes to doctors reporting people they think aren't fit to drive and richard kraus i keep coming back to the example that's been raised as an illustration here uh, a guy who had heat stroke went to the hospital they said okay you're recovered but then he ended up losing his license yeah that's wrong it you know it, it, you could potentially if he was a truck driver if he was someone, an Uber driver, someone who made his living as a driver, that takes away their livelihood. And it seems just all too easy and convenient. I do think uh, that doctors uh, have to be held to a higher standard for this kind of thing. It was a doctor that told my brother and I that we had to take the keys away from my father at a certain point. Uh, And, you know, that was absolutely 100% true and we we went along with it because the evidence was right in front of us um given my father's mental state at the time but um when you're dealing with uh, people who are being reported for a heat stroke and losing their license that's not right there has to be oversight there has to be maybe several layers of oversight uh and you know more than just taking the doctor's word for it and having the license ripped away it's it's not fair to the to the driver 
Okay, one last topic, because I think everyone's had a chance to take a look at the trailer. Uh, there is a documentary series coming out run by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, his wife, and uh, the trailer makes it pretty clear they're ready to dish some dirt on the royals. Uh, Sunira Chaudhry, are you on Team Harry Meghan or Team Windsor Castle? <laughs> well, I don't know what team I'm on. I, I'm obviously going to watch this entire, this entire docuseries, obviously, but... Um, I, I think it's such interesting timing. Of course, the coronation of, of King Charles is upcoming. And whether or not, I mean, we're going to have our eyes glued to the television also as to whether or not uh, Harry and Meghan are going to make an appearance there. So I, I, we know that there are going to be bombshells. We saw bombshells with the Oprah interview. I can't imagine um, how much worse it's going to get given the timing uh, just after the Queen's funeral, just before the coronation. I mean, it's going to be fireworks. Yeah, Robert Benzie, I'm kind of conflicted about this because I do think being born into the royal family is a form of cruelty. I mean, Harry had no choice as to what life he wanted. But now that he has actually made a choice and decided to absent himself from it, then maybe he should keep his trap shut. Yeah, I'm of two minds on this, but I can understand, like Sonera, that the the kind of voyeurism almost that you feel. I mean, I watched The Crown, and 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 I presumably will probably watch some of this because the the, the Taylor or the trailer is a, is a good tease. Folks, thank you all very much. Good you have good to have you this morning, Sonera Chaudhry, Robert Benzie, and Richard Kraus. Catch the roundtable round one at seven forty-five, round two at eight forty-five. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning News Talk ten ten Toronto.